0: at work radio episode 50. Welcome to powerful at work radio, the podcast for professionals who see their work as a calling. I'm your host Rosa Ponce de Leon, and together we'll explore how people can position themselves to make a real difference with their work. We will cover topics ranging from leadership to emotional wellness to what true power looks like and everything in between. If you're ready to do work differently, tune in and join the movement. Now let's get after it. In addition to being a pastor and a professor, Chuck and Ashley Elliott are relationship specialists who help people build thriving personal and professional relationships. Their marriage, career, and grief content is available on many platforms, including RightNow Media and Uversion. Understanding that building a legacy happens only with great intention, they speak, coach, and offer online programs to help individuals increase awareness of the cognitive and behavioral patterns that impact their work and family life. All right, Ashley and Chuck Elliott, we are happy to have you here at Powerful at Work Radio. Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we're glad to be here. Awesome. We have a lot to talk about because you've been in the business world and in a little bit of ministry, if we can call it that. And so we're going to be able to explore both sides of that. And to start, can you tell us a little bit about your journey becoming a business and share a little bit about what that was like?
1: Sure. Ashley and I, we've been married for 14 years, and we've always enjoyed doing things together. And early in our marriage, we started teaching marriage workshops. There was a federal grant in our community, and we had the opportunity to do that, and that was a wonderful experience. And that's where us teaching together kind of took off, and we started doing that. But we've had separate jobs all of our marriage. Ashley's a professor. I'm a pastor. I've been at a church for 10 years, and we've always enjoyed coming together. And then... We were thinking, okay, so how can we do more of these things together? So we started a business on the side where we are content creators and relationship specialists.
2: Yeah, we have three boys as well in the mix of all these (laughs) things, but we decided to just turn our living room into a video studio. And we have a friend who lives a street over. He came over and brought all of this professional video equipment because he's amazing. And we just filmed this series and Someone bought it. And then we ended up saying, Hey, we'll put it on our website. We'll build a website, all these different things. And as people have liked and purchased the videos, we've just said, okay, well, we'll just throw that back in and keep, keep serving people as best we can. But we've still had the three boys, busy lives, ministry, our full-time jobs. And so we love to get to chat with people like you, where we can fit it in and, you know, continue to grow this passion of speaking together, helping with relationships, because they are crucial. And it can be a challenge. So one of the things we say a lot is relationships are hard. (laughs) They're the most important thing, but they're hard. They just take a lot of work.
0: I'm sure. And talk a little bit more about your shared purpose, because obviously your skills and your talents complement each other. Did you guys even talk about that before you got married? Or is that something you discovered after marriage?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So Ashley had this long list of things that she had to ask me before I was a proper candidate for marriage. So I mean, I'm I'm talking pages pages of stuff. And it was like, what do you think about this? What do you think about women doing this? What do you think about us speaking together? Do you want to do ministry together? How many kids? And that's probably a future book project actually, but yes, we had the conversation to to be short about that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I wanted to know that, I was going to marry a guy who wanted to do ministry. And of course that would be okay with a woman doing ministry because a lot of the places I saw women weren't able to be hired to do ministry or they weren't able to. And although I've not ever had a paycheck from a church, I was a, chaplain in college and got to do different things. And I've got a lot of volunteer opportunities and I'm thankful for what we've had, but that's even been a little bit of why we've pushed to say, well, we can just turn our living room into a studio and do what we do because the marriage setting has been where we've gotten most of our like speaking experience together. And as we think about helping with relationships, so this applies to businesses as well. This applies to you grief and applies to a lot of these different topics that are relevant. And so we've just explored those areas as needs arise.
0: So Ashley, it sounds like you're you're a little bit of a planner if you prepared that much for marriage by asking all those questions. I'm assuming that's the same skill set you bring into the business side because it it is a relationship, a long-term relationship. For the most part, when you hire someone, I think the days of people working in the same company their whole life is probably not as common anymore. But nevertheless, whether you're there for a year or several years or a lifetime, it's still a commitment that you make and what you do at work affects your life at home. So can you speak a little bit about some of the relationship problems that you've helped to overcome maybe with some of the business, some of the common stuff?
2: Yeah, definitely. Whenever we see people come to work and they're going through grief or they're going through a divorce, that affects their performance. And so that would be bringing in the personal and that has a barrier for success at work. So people uh-huh. at work being able to notice, recognize, Hey, They seem like they're having a hard time. Let's get them the help that they need. That's really important. But then also just even if we're all healthy outside of work, we come into work and then we have an issue and we can't work through it because we don't have the communication skills or we didn't have anyone in our family who even just taught us how to communicate effectively. And then we come into the work setting and it can just really be a struggle for us in those settings. So us being able to see this is what happens. This is the problem. And then how can we fix it? That's really what's led us to try and to create the program that we've created to try to help people to thrive in the
0: business setting. So you're looking at it from the perspective of the business has taken a notice that something's wrong with an individual at work and they need help. And then they pick up the phone and call you to help. Yeah.
2: in our- Our program is online, so people can even check it out online without having to call us. But we do have our contact information if people want coaching or different things Mm -hmm. through that process as well. But it's not just for businesses, but businesses are a key individual who we like to help, because if you can help the business owner, then that helps more people. But we do teach it in both formats where you can help the individual and help them get better or helping the, the business mm-hmm. owner.
1: Well, and it's great leadership training to be able to mm-hmm. connect to your people and see what's going on in their lives. And we were talking about this earlier today. It's something that may not cost you money up front, but it is effort. It is effort to engage with your staff and know how they're doing and ask what's going on outside of work a little bit and know that they're a whole person and they bring all of themselves to work. And however you can help them to be healthy, you're going to have a healthier organization, having a healthy team.
0: That's huge because I think most business owners counterintuitively see the, the need there, but they, they close themselves off to that personal connection because it's like, well, that's not my role they should be mature, they should be healthy enough. That's their job. I'm not going to go and and poke my nose where it doesn't belong or whatever excuses we make as leaders to not tackle that issue. It's wrong. It's the reality. And I totally agree with you. The reality is if we're not investing in our people, we are wrong. And we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Before the show, Ashley, we were talking about some of the issues that we then have to pay in the long run. When Mm -hmm. we fail to engage our employees that way. Can we talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, definitely. One of the big things that we've seen is in our research is just how much money it physically costs businesses whenever someone leaves a job. So turnover costs about $630 billion annually to businesses in America. And so it's, a, it's just a huge, huge fee. So like Chuck was saying, it doesn't literally cost to go into a coworker's office and say, hey, how are you doing? But anonymity Mm -hmm. is a huge, problem in the workplace because we're all busy trying to get all of our ducks in a row and keep up with everything we have to do. And so we don't take the time to get outside of ourselves. And then we're frustrated because we don't have that network even built up within our workplace to be able to talk to someone whenever we're having a hard time or to ask for help if we are Mm -hmm. super stressed out or different things Mm -hmm. like that, or even to be able to just talk about your personal life and share, Hey, this is what I'm going through. I'm going on a trip next week. You, You want to feel like you share your life with people, at least a little bit.
1: Yeah. And so many of the reasons that people leave a job are preventable In exit interviews and in surveys, people find that the things that they're frustrated about could be solved if they just had a conversation about it. So how can you train managers to recognize and see that, you know what, that person has frustrations that aren't being addressed. How do you empower them to have a conversation? Maybe they don't have a lot of skills and communication skills on how to deal with that. So how do you help them to deal with conflict in a healthy way? And then they can continue to move forward. And even if it comes a time that they're no longer at your place of employment at your business, They're a healthier person and they have a better experience when they're with you and you're continuing to build people as a leader.
0: I hope you're enjoying this episode of Powerful at Work Radio. I'm your host, Rosa Ponce de Leon, and it is my goal to equip you for success in creating a culture where everyone loves coming to work and thrives. If you're loving these bite-sized pod episodes, I want to invite you to our upcoming free training event where I'm going to share with you my five-phase model for making sure everyone on your team is seen, heard, and understood. For details, visit my website, rosaponcedeleon.com, and register for the event. There, you will also find links for my socials, and you can opt into our newsletter and get additional free content. Thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed, please hit the button and stay connected with the latest training from our featured guests. We're excited to help you lead your high-performance team to impact the bottom line. Yeah, I love that you're giving it the leadership umbrella, because that's my passion right there, leadership. I think that's where we fall apart, where we limit leadership to just... Teaching people technical skills instead of helping people actually develop and mature personally. You mentioned that maybe people haven't learned communication skills in their home, and whatever communication skills worked at home, they might be really healthy at home. Like we're very loud in my family, and that works. <laughs> if, you, if you don't speak up, you're not going to be heard, but it works. We, we all get along. But that's probably not the best thing for a workplace where cultures are very different. So, mm-hmm. In a leadership setting where the leader steps into that room and has those conversations and sets the tone for the culture, that's huge because what you're sharing is that they're implementing a very healthy communication style. And it makes it a little bit easier to recognize when someone isn't functioning in that setting and needs help. Would that be fair to say?
1: Absolutely. And it comes back to how do you view leadership? No one wants to feel like they're a cog in a wheel, like they're Mm -hmm. just this mechanism that gets this job done for the organization. And they're only valued by the output that they produce. People want to feel valued. So if you're really having the mentality in the heart of a servant leader, every person who you see, you're thinking about how do I serve them? How do I develop them? And if you Mm -hmm. take the long term approach to that, you know that you're drawing the best out of each individual and everybody wins.
2: I think one of the big struggles there is a power struggle. <laughs> you know, that Sometimes people get in like, I'm the leader. I have to position myself, be good enough to have these people mm-hmm. underneath me. And if I ask how they're doing, or if I share any sort of weakness that, you know, oh, I'm stressed out about going out of town this weekend, then that makes me look weak and I lose my power. And so I can't be vulnerable or have any sort of friendship with these individuals who I work with. And so we have to like this, this power struggle. And that's where I think if you talk about like being a servant leader, you're willing to say, no, we're all in this together. We're on a team. I might have a little bit more of authority over you, but I'm not going to try to put my thumb on you and control you, but I'm going to use my sphere of influence to help you win and help the organization win. And that's just such a different perspective that helps the vertical relationship or all, all the different relationships up the org chart. It's all these different ways that it can help. And we just don't take the time sometimes to see the benefits because we aren't looking at those type of things.
0: I love that you're bringing power into the conversation. This is powerful at work radio. So let's talk about power. I believe power is most powerful when it's shared. And I, mm-hmm. I think what you're bringing up is the idea that people have a choice underneath me. If I'm the leader and I have the power and I share that power, I allow people to decide underneath me how much they want to respond and, and I'm giving them the ability to choose. So, so I think the opposite of giving people the choice is control and micromanaging and all the things we hate in bad leadership. So talk more about the power dynamics and then also want to hear about your theory that you mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah, well, so many times you get into leadership situations and if there's ever conflict, it feels like it's a power struggle and nobody wants to feel weak. Nobody wants to feel vulnerable. But the thing is, empathy and vulnerability is actually like a superpower. If you can let people know, hey, I don't have it figured out, but we're going to figure this out together. And it doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean that you don't hold people accountable. It doesn't mean that if it gets to a certain point, you're not going to let somebody go if they're not a good fit. But it means that you're being human and you're connecting, and that makes both of you more powerful. And that is definitely a shift maybe from previous management theory and other perspectives on what it means to be a leader. But what Ashley and I see is especially with millennials and even younger, they're looking Mm -hmm. for a work culture that appreciates who they are. So how do we mix the accountability and structure that we had in maybe previous generations, but also seeing people and how they can bring their whole selves to work within the millennials and younger. So the pendulum doesn't have to swing in the crazy ways that sometimes people want it to, but you can incorporate a lot of different things to make a better workplace. Yeah.
2: And one of the things that we, that we've seen with it is that individuals can start off in their workplace in this positive space and over time as they have unmet expectations they might end up in this negative space and this is what i call switch theory that we switch from being in a positive to a negative space and it's pretty natural to go back and forth you feel hopeful about the relationships at work you feel hopeful about opportunity maybe advancement and then as you have these unmet expectations we can either speak about it or not speak about it. And if we speak about it, maybe we'll get our needs met, or maybe it will put us a little bit more in a negative frame of mind because we feel hopeless it, it won't get better. But as we move to this negative space, we end up either thinking, my only option is to leave or we just talk bad, we triangulate, we go have the meeting after the meeting where we go talk to people and we don't really address it with the person who can fix it, but we complain. And, and so we end up in this negative space and we feel just stuck and unhappy. And ultimately, everyone wants to be in a positive space. No one wants to be miserable at work. No one wants to be miserable at home, but we just don't always know how to get back to this positive space. And what we've really seen in the switch theory is that we can switch back and forth. Sometimes we can feel a little bit better. And so we just kind of we'll let it go, but we end up feeling like leaving if we don't learn those techniques to get us back to this positive space. And I think we're really resourceful as people. I think a lot of people just do it naturally. So we might try talking to our boss or coworker, and if that doesn't work, we'll try something else, but we tend to feel like there's just two options. We can either talk about it or we can't talk about it. And if talking about it didn't work, then we're out the door. But in reality, we see sometimes we're talking about it and we're talking about it from a negative space where we're complaining, we're arguing, we might be yelling, or we might do this sarcasm we're all caps in the email and we don't realize how we're coming across but then if we learn oh i need to get back to a positive space where i have hope and optimism and if i communicate from there then i'll be much more effective in that relationship. So those are kind of the, the big things that we see with switch theory. I actually
0: had a follow-up question, just so I'm clear. When you talk switch theory, you're talking about the space that the person, the individual is sitting in. We're not talking about the culture. We're talking about how am I showing up? Is that fair? Yes. Correct. For the individual mentally where
2: they are, you right. have positive thoughts, feelings, and emotions in this positive space and hope over there. And then the negative space is our personal space where we feel negative, frustrated. We don't really feel that there's hope. And and it's really somewhat fluid. We can say positives Mm -hmm. over on one side, negatives over here, but we can go back and forth in a day. Sometimes we we feel a dissonance and we're really experiencing both things or one person might make us feel okay and the rest doesn't. so we're like, I hate this place and our emotions can be foggy. So understanding it first as business owners, managers for themselves, am I in a negative space or a positive space at work Mm -hmm. and with my colleagues? And then to be able, to teach it to the employees and help them understand, oh, I'm in a negative space. And what does this mean? So for us, literally weekly, we use this in our home. We use it in the workplace. We use it in ministry because we shift. As soon as someone doesn't do exactly what we want, (laughs) we just see from our own perspective, they don't care about me. And really it's not often as personal as we take it, but if we can step out and go, I'm in a negative space because... We can name it and then we can identify the need behind it and try to communicate from a positive space.
0: If I'm hearing correctly, this is more a tool for self-awareness. So it, it's not necessarily wrong to be in a negative space. It's very natural to end up there. And it's a tool for me to recognize that I'm in that space and I probably need to jump out of it before I can be effective with others. Is that fair?
1: That's truly really good. Yeah, that's a good way <laughs> okay. to say it. It's helping people to be self-aware and taking ownership of it. Just because something negative happens in your day doesn't mean that you have to be negative all the rest of your day. And no matter what anybody does, you're going to see it through a a negative lens. It's taking ownership of that and understanding that we all make better decisions from a positive space. And one of the things that I often talk about is you're helping people to get current and getting Mm -hmm. current means that there's no tension. There's no unsaid issues that are between us. I'm not holding back this frustration from a week ago that I'm not telling you about. And then I'm going to overreact on the next thing that you do. That whole passive aggressive, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that everything's perfect all the time. It doesn't mean that anything that I ask you to do that you do and vice versa. It just means that we're on the same page and we're working towards the same goal. And we feel like we're on the same team.
0: Yeah. And I love that you brought up the issue of the newer generations because they do have different needs and they do want to bring their whole selves into the organization. So I think for most business, maybe we resisted a little bit, the new generation. I mean, we've heard all kinds of stuff about the different, the millennials and the the Gen Zs and how they just, they're not showing up committed and as responsible as we were. And it's easy to tout our own accolades, but in reality, they are bringing a lot of goodness to the workplace. And maybe we just haven't recognized it. So can we close with some of the final thoughts here of A, what are the good things that they're bringing and B, what we could do to embrace that and be better as organizations?
1: You know, we have a younger generation that are just built in that they're researchers and they have information, any kind of information that they want at their fingertips. But it doesn't mean that they always have wisdom and some of the things that we might value with that. But the thing is, saying even younger than millennials, like Gen Z man, they're passionate about stuff. I know some really, really sharp, hardworking, accomplished people who are millennials and younger generation and even Gen Z, like high school students who just knock it out of the park with stuff. And the thing is, it's more of a a way of learning how to communicate and what are our shared values and getting people on board to understand that when I help you win, we all win. And when you win, you can help us win. And understanding what that looks like. It's almost like learning a, a new language.
2: Yeah, I really think that even the whole negative view of future generations comes from this negative space because we tend to think I'm good and others aren't. And that's this defense mechanism because I don't feel like I'm good enough, but if I see the flaws in other people, and for the most part, a lot of times, whenever people are complaining about these future generations, they're often our kids. (laughs) Well, why didn't you raise them better, right? And so it's hard Parenting's hard, relationships are hard. But the truth is, if we are in a healthy space, if we're in a positive space, then we can collaborate and work together with people that have different personalities from us, with people who have just a completely different view of work. Yeah. And so much we've seen in the last couple of years of the pandemic is people are resourceful. We can come up with new ways to communicate. And that's something I see is super valuable with younger generations that they just will get it done and they have talents that
0: some of us see technology changing over and over that, that they just get it much quicker. I, I want to punctuate some of the stuff that was said here, because I think discomfort is part of life. We could have the best upbringing and still have to grow because that's natural. We're made to continue to grow until the day we die. So part of growth is that challenge that happens in the workplace and that helps us to mature. And I, I hope that our listeners can take that away and embrace the fact that we have a role in helping each other
1: grow up. Absolutely. And it's hard, but it's (laughs) worth it. Relationships are hard, but it's worth it. When you engage and when you feel that emotional and relational resistance that you don't want to ask that question and you don't want to dig in, on the other side of that question is growth.
0: Ooh, I love it. I love it. Ashley? Yeah,
2: I I agree. I think that we are better together. And I think that oftentimes, even with mental health, because I'm overseeing the psychology program at Oakland city university and in there, we see depression is huge and people will withdraw the more depressed they get. And we'll see these cycles, but people will withdraw. And I think that's the same thing at work that we withdraw when we don't feel cared for. And then what happens when we don't feel cared for? we don't feel like anyone's talking. So we withdraw again. And so we need each other. And if we aren't feeling like we get what we need, we're responsible for getting our needs met, but it doesn't mean it's gonna be perfect. It doesn't mean that we're always gonna feel positively, but knowing that we can get through it together. And if we are as managers, as leaders, CEOs, whoever we are in whatever leadership role we have, we have the power to bring people in and to help them to feel cared about. And it will make a difference because we've all been there and had those situations or someone made us feel valued, and it's a game changer.
1: Absolutely, and that's one last thing. Yeah. We often underestimate what an impact it has if we invest in somebody else, but we can all think of somebody who's made an investment in us that yeah. made a huge impact on our lives. And you just underestimate all the time, what a question, what just a little bit of effort, what showing up to somebody in a hard time or a good time or celebrating with them, how much they'll remember that. And we underestimate how much of an impact we can make, even though we remember the impact other people have made in our lives.
0: Yeah, I think we just hit a home run with this closing because we not only brought in mental health, but the power of relationship and the ability to connect with each other and the fact that we need each other. So not only have you brought a ton of wisdom, but you've demonstrated what a healthy relationship looks like in this interview. So thank you for that. And for those listeners that want to connect with you and get some of the additional resources that you have, where might they find you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Elliotlifecoaching.com. And you can find us on all the social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, everything else. It's just Chuck and Ashley.
0: We're going to have that in the show notes for everyone so we can have access. Thank you so much for everything. We look forward to some of the changes. I encourage our listeners to get back to us and let us know what your takeaways were and how you applied some of these golden nuggets of wisdom and how they've helped you improve in your business. Thanks for listening to Powerful at Work Radio. If you subscribe now, you're going to hear weekly teachings to shift your perspective on how to thrive in the workplace and stories from experts and career professionals who are daring to do work differently. And we want to invite you to the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast. And you can also visit us on Facebook and join the group Empower to Bloom Tribe, where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your career journey and also interact with like-minded professionals. I'll see you there.